Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Well, welcome everybody to a special edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au, home of the best of the best multi. We'll get to that very shortly. We're coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. No, we're not. No, we're not. We got a little excited. When Tristan said something through about uh, how about Vegas, baby, and I'm thinking, wow, here we go. Uh, what a great idea, Tristan. But really, it was just the horse he wanted to back next in the one at Cheltenham. So... Uh, a little more disappointed. Anyway, the number seven seed is here. I'm talking about Tristan Merlihan up there at Top Sport and Jared Condon from Reading the Play. Two gentlemen I can't wait to speak to today. How are we, boys? <laughs> yes, Jimmy. Always somewhat good to speak to you. But um, the, uh, the, the the message was about a horse because, yes, I was concerned about the future of this show if um, if you went to Vegas uh, for next weekend. So I certainly had to... Uh, to make a little change to our scheduled itinerary there and uh, make sure that we have everyone under control for what's going to be a very informative couple of weeks for the listeners because we've got plenty to go over in the lead up to the footy. Uh, we've got you know plenty to chat about, obviously, plenty of markets to deep dive into and uh, it's getting very close. We've got the uh, World Club Challenge on this weekend, which certainly means uh, the footy is there on the radar. Jimmy, I'm just amazed that we still don't know. Have you got that golden ticket to Vegas? I mean, did, are you on, on one of those... Planes. I mean, they've split everybody across multiple planes because I think somebody forgot to make the booking a few months ago. But did you end up with one of those tickets? I thought it was because ever since the uh, Manchester United Munich air disaster that um, they all went on different planes. But I'm, I'm told that, that there was a lack of first class uh, and business class seats for teams to go on one plane. So anyway, uh, no, 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 not as yet. Although... Uh, I do have my passport is valid, so I'm ready to go at, at any moment. Uh, now, uh, just before we get to a lunch bed update, uh, we've got to tell people how they can listen. Remember, view us on YouTube, uh, podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is you get your podcast. Make sure you, you download the app. If you want to check out Jared's previews of the NRL, readingtheplay.com.au. And Tristan's got all the markets up for anything and everything. So make sure you're tuned into that one. We might talk a little bit of World Club Challenge. We'll preview briefly the NRL. Of course, we're talking NFL. Mostly Travis Kelsey has arrived in Sydney. So that's all very exciting from our point of view. But, gentlemen, I'd like to go back to our head-to-head run bet from last week, probably most of all, and just find out where we are at that. Jared, any update on that? Uh, Fill me in, Jimmy. I must have missed that one while I was travelling. Okay, well, Circle of Fire was taking on Green Belt in the same race during the course of uh, last Saturday. And I don't know, Tristan, did you happen to catch up with that result? 
Uh, I, I do remember vaguely what happened, but I think I think Jared Jared's just put, put his hand up in the air. He remembers exactly what's happened, so I might let him recount the story because I think that might be a little bit better for for the listeners. Yes, I think I was very keen about Green Belt, and uh, Tristan was uh, wanting to be all over Circle of Fire, and uh, there's Green Belt leading to the 300 as they straighten up, and I'm a little bit excited, and then it just popped like a balloon. So um, I think that's another tick to Tristan. What about the floater when, like, you can't exclude me from this, Jared? I mean, (laughs) check the tapes. Check the tapes. We we didn't have our our, our normal uh, meeting today, Jimmy, so we haven't got all the detail down pat yet. Okay. Certainly, a couple of uh, gifts that came into the chat group, which left me in no uncertain terms who was uh, where the floater was was floating. So it was uh, it was, was a good little reminder. You can uh, almost, when, when you know Jimmy's due for a gift, it's almost like going five, four, three, two, and there it is. Depends what my reception's like, you know, whether I can get that, get, get that gift search and then send it through. Yeah, so a little, a little Swiss flag went through last week. Switzerland salutes at $1.95, uh, and then the circle of fire went through. So uh, there you go. So... Based on that, Jared, do we have a an update? Well, first of all, Tristan, give us an update on monies raised for Pass It On Clothing, and then you might have to give us a, a lunch bed update, Jared, please. Yeah, so six thousand five hundred and eighty-five is in the kitty as we speak. So uh, ticking along very nicely in the lead up to the footy season. Now I know Jared's been travelling, so I'm not sure if he has got the lunch bet tally available. I'll cross to him now, but I can certainly whip one together if, if we need. Oh, I think you might need to do that, Tristan. Yes, very thanks to uh, Taylor Swift and uh, Mr Kelsey and everything that's going on in Sydney. Um, uh, Travelling for two days to get to a family funeral because flights just happen to be 700 bucks ahead one way between Sydney and Brisbane at the moment. So, um, But maybe you just shave that a little bit while you're working on the numbers, Tristan. Yeah, well, I've got that available now. So um, now I just have to see if, if my creative accounting is any what similar to, to Jared's because all I, the problem is of my screen um, resolution is quite interesting. I've got the plus up the top where I'm, I was plus one, so I'll see that'll take me to, to plus two. Uh, Jimmy was way down the bottom at minus two, so he'll pop up. Is it, does he only get a half of being the floater? I think so. He think one, he goes to one and a half, one. and then Jared goes from minus one down to down to the bottom of the table now minus, minus two. two. So yes. I've just put the uh, the helmet on. I'm going to sit up in the back of the clubhouse, just trying to make sure we we got the night watchman out. I've got about forty or thirty two weeks now to play defensively to hold on to this lead. Well. I tell you what, you've attacked your own integrity, which is great. All oh, that's exactly what the punters want to hear. And now you're questioning the resolution of the screen in front of you. You sound more like Bill Harrigan in the early days of the bunker than Bill Harrigan. Remember, he had the little the little TV that he couldn't. Oh, sorry. I know it looked like a try, but I couldn't see it. The screen was too fuzzy. But anyway, um, uh, just confidence, Tristan. My darling wife said to me in the car this afternoon, Jimmy, just before we pulled up. Oh, and, and so what's the key talking topics for the uh, podcast this week. Most of be started at NRL and I said, well, I hope that's where we focus because we, we just cruised through the lunch bed update real quick, I think. No, we're happy to spend more time on that if you would like. Now, I'll tell you what we will do, peeps. We're going to do an NRL preview next week, so stand by for that one. Uh, we'll have a look at the World Club Challenge. So before we get to all of that, I want you to tell us about the cricket. By the time people are listening to this, uh, it'll be uh, second game starting, but Tristan, that game we saw last night, we're, we're taping this on a Thursday, 
absolutely cracking game of cricket. If they're all like that, wow, what entertainment. It was a fantastic game. And, yeah, just to uh, – the way New Zealand scored plenty of runs, but Australia probably held them to a, a much more respectable total than I think I probably thought was going to occur after about the 12 to 14 over mark. So there was both elements of obviously very good batting, but also some strong bowling at the death there from the Aussies. And, and then for Australia to chase that down where – they looked in a lot of trouble early. They looked like they were cruising when they were when they were two for plenty and Maxi was going berserk. And then, obviously, New Zealand got on top. And then that finish from Tim David, it was a fantastic watch. It was something where, you know, the watching T20 cricket in New Zealand, it just adds so much because the ball does a little bit in the air. The boundaries are so small. So it adds for, for wicket opportunities. It adds for plenty of runs. And I think it's just the, the perfect place to play T20 cricket. I've got a note as I bring up this game uh, to give us the odds where it's Australia $1.53, New Zealand $2.50 for the second T20. Our trader has put in here as the note, world's smallest boundaries. So yeah. <laughs> we've, uh, we're obviously expecting plenty of runs. So if you're looking at uh, players to score well or the over and under boundary score, then I'd be certainly looking at the, uh, the over option for plenty of your selections in this game. So... 240 may not be safe at Eden Park. Like, you could score 240 in the first innings and, and not be safe. Here's the other thing. If any kid's talk, walking up to cricket training and saying, I want to be a bowler, they've got rocks in their head. <laughs> Why would you be a bowler in the modern age? Like, just literally, you're just setting up for, for failure. But anyway. Although, Jimmy, if, if you see Mitch Stark's bank balance and the amount he's getting paid per ball in the IPL, maybe that might uh, swing a few people back the other way. The only thing I was about to say, unless you can make it in the IPL, and uh, yes, there's uh, about five million reasons why Mitch has made himself available after an absence of eight years. Jared, I know we're going to look at the NRL next week, but let's have a look at this World Club Challenge. So uh, no sign of sides just yet, but it's going to be a very strong Penrith side. We know that. And this game's been sold out for two months. That's how excited the English Rugby League fans are to see uh, some of these superstars from Australia. Have you had much interest in the market, Tristan? The, the uh, social media around the game has been very, very good. I, and uh, the, the the Panthers over the last couple of days have, have done a mountain of quality interviews, uh, press, TV, radio, um, some you know, some blog and podcast stuff. Um, re- very, very good for the game. And you know, I, I've got a lot of people in the, in the northern UK that I follow on social media and you know it's it's everywhere in the last couple of days yeah there has been a little bit of action obviously once those team lists actually get finalized i think when we get our extra batch of markets out that's when we'll start to see a stack of activity but the market we opened at four and a half and it's gone from four and a half out to six and a half so support for penrith there the head-to-heads 145 penrith 270 wigan uh, Penrith are 0 for 3 in their World Cup Club Challenges. They lost in, in 91, 04 and 23. So that's an interesting stat. And, and we're going to be pretty good. They're 4 for 4 in this same game. So uh, it's certainly uh, Penrith will certainly be looking to right that ship. Luke Thompson out for Wigan and Jerome Luai out as well. So um, we'll keep an eye on the market and see where it sits. But probably that Penrith try away from home, that probably sounds about right. Yeah, I, I thought the market uh, looked really tricky. I mean, I... Um, again, with the Panthers, they're starting the season with you know losing three or four key players, but they've got so much continuity through their squad uh, and their coaching and their direction. I'm sure that that's a record that they want to change. G six and a half is a big line, though. I mean, Wigan at home, sold out. Um, I mean, they've got a, a, a club history of really being up for these sorts of games. 
Um, I could only be with the six and a half. I certainly wouldn't want to be conceding it. All right, I'll go against you. Lunch bet. All right, good. So you're, you you think Wigan plus six and a half? Yeah, I'll take the six and a half. Okay, I'm going to go very strongly the Panthers minus six and a half. Uh, and the reason is because they haven't won it, as you mentioned. I think that becomes then a focus for them. I think uh, the fact that they've travelled over there, you know, you're more invested in it. Um, I think this is something that Ivan Cleary has spoken to this group about for some time. I, I also think that the gulf between the Super League and the NRL is widening by the year. And I think this is going to be a, a further example of this. You know, I, I know they've lost those players and some key players, like Stephen Crichton just been announced as captain of the Bulldogs. But this is a one of the great club sides in history, and I see the Panthers winning this one. And and the other thing about the fans there, Jared, yeah, they're, they're probably Wigan fans, but they love their Australian Rugby League players. They oh, they do, of, yeah. It's almost like we recognise we're not the best. These guys are the best, and and we get a chance to watch them. So, And, uh, and Jimmy, just hats off to the players and the efforts that they make. Uh, and we'll see this again in uh, in Vegas over the coming week. But, you know, I, I think I've seen four or five different photos at, at different spots in northern England with um, Yo or Nathan Cleary stopping just for the average punter in the street and, and having selfies. And, you know, they give so much of themselves. And, you know, clearly it's a great advantage to promoting this event but you know that crowd as you say has been sold out for a long time and uh, I hope we get a great contest I think we will. Wigan's a real rugby league town too as you know they've got a football side there but you get in the north there those those rugby league towns they love their rugby league so um, very knowledgeable crowd at Wigan so um, that'll be a fantastic game seven o'clock Sunday morning right Tristan seven Seven o'clock Sunday morning yes is the broadcast of that one hey I'd love to get your thoughts. I know you're social on, uh, active on social media, Jared, around it, but in many ways it was the state of the game yesterday. We had Peter Volandis deliver the, the yearly results from 2023. Um, whichever way you look at it, they're impressive, right? Record revenue, 18% increase. Yes, the new broadcast deal is there um, on their way to a billion dollars a year. Uh, how long that takes, we'll have to wait and see. Asset base expanding, uh, viewer numbers through the roof. Uh, what was your take on that, Jared? I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it as well, Tristan. I, Jimmy, I think at the top level, the, the, the numbers and the outline and um, the position that the game is in, is in uh, outstanding. Um, and I think to recover from where it was a number of years ago, I think the, um, the path forward looks exceptionally strong. You know, the revenue numbers, the rating numbers, the position that we're in, I just hope that we have then on the back of that a flow-on effect of a, a much smarter strategic spend at grassroots levels um, right across the game because that's where I think we've desperately dropped the ball over the last 15 years and I do think seriously that AFL have had a bit of a march on us um, and I know it's really easy to talk about strength here and strength there but you, know, you talk to anybody that's in, engaged in junior league and junior league clubs and it's not in a position that it was 20 years ago, and I know so much has changed, but that's the one area that I'd, I'd love to see a, a greater focus. Um, and certainly supporting the international game, which does mm. seem to be coming back to the table. Uh, but, you know, Jimmy, off the back of that, we've got a position at the moment where the New South Wales Rugby League and the Queensland Rugby League are taking legal action against head office. You know, it just seems that we don't... Why do we need these sort of battles? Um, and, you know, Ben Eichens interview on your radio station three or four days ago 
made some incredibly valid points, I thought, about the lack of funding and focus uh, around the development of the game. So at a top level, I think it's absolutely outstanding. I think the results delivered yesterday speak for themselves and an absolute big tick. It's that bottom level that still concerns me. Tristan? Yeah, and I'd, I'd echo those thoughts as well. And, and I think, you know, one thing one thing Peter's very good at, uh, at, at doing is talking up things that are going well, which is, is a skill in itself and something you do need to let people know when things are performing at a, at, at a strong level, although odds and evens probably wasn't performing well for the full five years like it was expected to uh, at one point. But I, I think... Um, I, I think rugby league has grown and, and the tweaks and the changes and the thing that I think has been so positive is the ability to try something that's a little bit different outside of the box. And I think Vegas is a typical example of that. I, I think doing these sort of things is, is certainly going to be positive and um, we've, we've seen through to the bottom line and, and the revenue and, and all the numbers that you point to, Jimmy, that there's certainly at the, high, at the top level, rugby league's certainly been on the improve over the last couple of years. I think we're going to see a very even competitive comp. I think we go into this competition where... You don't really have teams right at the bottom of the, at the, at the, of the ladder that you think have got absolutely no chance. And we saw that last year. Even the Tigers finished way down the bottom and they knocked Penrith off in the middle of the year where you don't really get that in the AFL. You get a lot more even contests virtually every game. You, you've got a market where there's a team that, that could upset the favourite, which I think is so good for the neutral fans. And I think that's so important to engage that audience that's flicking and trying to decide which channel they watch is AFL or NRL on a Friday, Saturday or Sunday, and I think that's helping a lot. So I think there's so many positives. I think there's still a little bit of work to be done. There'll always be work to be done, but I think uh, we're very much heading in the right direction. Yeah, it's an interesting one from my point of view because I, I know the challenges that regional rugby league and bush rugby league have had. And um, I've, the, the two clubs that my kids have played at have both been incredibly strong with record numbers. So De La Salle Caringbar and now Camden Rams, like they're very strong clubs. But I do know that there are other clubs within that those regions that sometimes struggle for numbers. And then you just hear the feedback is that, hey, we used to have a team here and now we don't. Or, you know, all these players are playing AFL and the AFL are into schools. And, you know, sometimes it's really hard to please everyone. And sometimes the rugby league is a victim of the game. It's a tough game. You know, when I'm coaching, and you would have, I don't know whether you were aware of it as much when you were coaching, but I'm very aware of it now. It's not a game for everyone. Like, it's a hard game. Touch footy might be your game or Oztag might be your game or, you know, whatever it had, you know, getting hit, some people just don't like it. Um, Other people love it, you know. Um, So it's a very tough sell in many ways, rugby league. So I understand why, you know, if if teams are dropping off, it can't just because, well, the AFL are doing this because the AFL have got their own challenges. We've got a guy retiring from the AFL today because of persistent head injuries. So, you know, that, that, that danger is there. They have increased the spend in grassroots rugby league. The concern is the disconnect between the QRL, New South Wales Rugby League and the NRL. Like what is the best way to make use of those funds? I don't know, but I don't think what we're seeing at the moment is that best way. So, No, I yeah. agree, Jimmy. I agree. And, 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 and Jimmy, you, you know, your days at, um, at St Greg's, I'm sure that... Um, um, you know, Fairfields and Pats were, you know, one of your arch rivals. And, you know, for so long, 60-plus years history in the, in the game and, you know, an absolute powerhouse in the, in the Parramatta competition. And there's, you know, one of their committee members uh, saying last night on social media that they're having a, a, a year in hiatus this year because they just can't get the players. Yeah. Well, I didn't – I went to St Greg's in year eight. We, I didn't beat them till year 11. Yeah. 
that's how that's how tough they were. So they were, yeah, but a, a great school with a proud history in in uh, rugby league. Uh, now, gentlemen, uh, is there anything else that we've omitted? Anything else um, you want? Because I'm I'm very keen to get to the racing. Jimmy, I was just quickly going to touch on, uh, as I'm working through a bit of analysis for us to discuss next week, uh, I have looked at the draw and, again, it throws up some really interesting discussion points that we'll we'll dive into as we balance up some of our forecasts next week. But uh, for those listening, a team that stands out is the Sharks, who just have a fantastic draw. Now, we know that they made the top four last year. The team that we we all put our hand up around having a great draw for last season was the Raiders. Well, the Raiders ended up finishing in eighth spot and but for falling over a little bit in the last final weeks could well have been in the top six and possibly the top five. Well, the Sharks have ended up with that draw this year. Uh, it's an absolute ripper. They only play teams in last year's top four five times and they have 15 games against teams in the bottom nine of last season and 18 seven-day turnarounds. Uh, it's a luxury. They don't travel a great deal. Uh, if it's a year where Fitzy's got them right and ready to improve on where they were last year, then the Sharks are certainly going to benefit. There are a few notable teams that I think have got a tough run, uh, the Dolphins most particularly. Uh, yeah, the Broncos is not a great draw. The Storm, it's uh, certainly going to be difficult. But the Broncos and the, and the Storm are normally very well-conditioned to are dealing with that with their travel. So a lot to get our teeth into. I will say as we lead into next week, I think the competition looks incredibly open. I could not back either of the two teams at the top of the table, which is that Penrith and then uh, the Broncos backing up from last year's grand final because I think the market is incredibly open um, beyond that. And I think we're going to be very surprised this year that there are going to be teams that bob up into that top four that we just did not expect. And notably, I think there are going to be a couple of teams that, uh, that have really poor years that right now we can't put our finger on um, and we didn't expect. So that was the Cowboys last year. It was the Warriors who were the top four side that was unexpected. And then the Newcastle Knights finished like a steam train. Where's your market at for the uh, NRL Premiership? And I know, as I mentioned, we'll do this more next week, Tristan. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go through that now. One, one thing that we've been getting a lot of activity on uh, at the moment is the NRL season win. So check all of that out in advance of, of Jared's uh, review or, or preview next week because there, there's been a, a lot of um, you know back and forth in those sort of markets. We've obviously tried to set them where we think it's it's going to fall, but I have found that a lot of the teams down the lower end of the table have been we've been seeing support for the overs, and a lot of the teams up near the top have seen support for the unders, which would indicate that people are expecting there to be a lot of variance in this season, which I think is probably pretty accurate. So just having a look at the outright market, we've got Penrith Era favourites at 370, the Broncos 440, the Roosters at $9. I was just reading an article. There's um, obviously a bit of doubt over Dom Young and, and he, but he looks like he's flying over to Vegas for week one. If they've got their full string side, then Daniel Tupu, an origin uh, representative, is no longer in that side. So they've got such a very strong backline there. $10 about the Storm, the Rabbitohs $10, Cowboys 14 the Warriors 19 the Sharks 20 to 1 and down near the bottom there, my Titans at 50 to 1. Uh, I, I, I was at the Tweed Seagulls um, season launch this morning for breakfast and Desi Hasler is up on stage and like all the other 17 teams, all the other 16 teams in the comp, uh, they've been training their house down, of course. But uh, yeah, it seems like they're very confident about things in Titans land as well. I don't think they'd be too upset with the troll that they had the other day. Like, it was a cast of no one and they were beaten, but they they didn't disgrace themselves and, and everyone is telling us. We spoke to Joe Stimson the other day. 
just how challenging physically this preseason has been. Mm. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, I would be bullish if I'm a, a Gold Coast Titans fan. And um, best case scenario could be top eight finish. Right now, let's get to some racing, Jared. Oh, Jimmy, there's some good uh, good racing on uh, Saturday. Certainly down at Caulfield, we have the uh, the time honoured two year old classic, the Blue Diamond. Uh, I thought it looked a very open race, and we go back to the lead up um, over the last couple of weeks, and uh, you know a couple more hand, uh, horses like you know Bodyguard Coleman have put their hand up. Um, I certainly want to make my bet in this race, actually, uh, and I want to go down to number twelve out of the Moody Stable, uh, uh, and there's that with uh, Damien Lane sticky on it, ten dollars to win, three dollars ten to place. Has drawn a very nice gate in five. Um, I think it was uh, still had a, a lot to pull out of its uh, first up run when second behind the very uh, impressive Coleman. I think it can come on with that advantage of the gate. I'm certainly uh, happy to have 30 the win and 70 the place on number 12 in the Blue Diamond and Nesna. Well, that's uh, good because we're not in the same race again this week, uh, Jared. So I'm going to take us uh, to Doombin. Uh, this this race we're going to go race two number two American Fireball. It's uh, won its last start. It's been five fifty into four dollars twenty. I think it's going to go for two for two out of the month's yard, and I'm going to go a hundred on the win at four dollars twenty. That's race two number two. But yeah, you're right. Away from my selection, the racing on on the the weekend just gone was was really high quality. To see Imperatrice do what it did first up in a very strong field, yes. very exciting there um we've got some good horses in this weekend obviously the, the blue diamond as you've touched on which looks a very very open field the futurity stakes for mr brightside it's already been well supported been a dollar 50 in already we've taken one bet of twenty thousand the dollar 50 as soon as the markets went up so punters are excited to see it back and then the oakley plate's always one of the other uh, really good sprint races of the carnival to get everything up and running where we've got a pretty open field but king gambit down the bottom four dollar forty favorite so all the good horses back. We, we've got some good racing in, in Sydney as well, but the big races in Sydney are a little bit, a couple of weeks away. So looking forward to how everything unfolds over the next month. And the other the other big one returning this weekend is Gold Trip, the Melbourne Cup uh, uh, winner two years ago, uh, back first up and is very firm in the market at 260, Tristan. But, uh, Jimmy, I'm sure you've probably stayed away from Gold Trip. Are you in uh, Rose Hill? Uh, well, it's good that you and Tristan aren't in the same race this week, Jared. But you and I are, so uh, <laughs> here we go. Now, uh, Tracy's done the form, and she's actually given me two horses in this one. Uh, that wouldn't I'm, be like you. I'm, I'm going to go with one. Thanks, honey. Uh, I'm going to go Coleman, number four, four twenty into three ninety. So uh, the market has told me uh, that this is the one to follow. Uh, 390. I'm going to go for the uh, all important staking plan on this one, Tristan. I'm going to go $100 on the nose at $3.90. $100 on the nose at 390. So it's obviously undefeated. Had two good wins so far this this uh, campaign or this this uh, preparation. So we've got um, Ben Malum in the saddle as well. So yes, it's going to be a high quality race. So I'd, it'd be a miss for me not to ask: Is there a lunch bet between you two on this race? Well, That's a um, great question. It's a miss- real. Question. Mr. Bookmaker, the uh, if we've got a three ninety favourite and a ten dollar runner, then it'd be a two to one stake, wouldn't it? If uh, if I win, I pick up two. If Jimmy wins, he picks up one. Well, that sounds very fair to me. Whoever finishes in front of each other in the race. Now, here's the other way we could do it. Whoever earns the most money out of the race. 
But if we both finish with zero, there's no lunch bits paid out. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. You could uh, have a handicap of one. So Jimmy's got to win by more than one. One's placing. No, I'll go the two to one. That's fine. <laughs> right. Very blase at this point. Uh, just for the record, just for the record, the, the other horse that Tracy did the form on was number eight, High Octane. But I see it's on the drift, Tristan. So I'm going to stay away from that. But that ju- I'm just putting that on the record. Okay. I'll, I would like to know if Jared hadn't have uh, put his um, his selection in the same race as you, Jimmy. If it might have been a different staking plan, but I think there's a little bit of uh, there's a bit more, a bit more favourable favorable if, if you take the uh, the short price favourite against the ten dollars shot. Very different staking plan. If there was that, Jared. <laughs> hey, by the way, floater. I've gone head to head with Jared. We can. He's gone plus six and a half. I've gone the Panthers minus six and a half. I know that you're a very strong. Tweed Seagulls slash Gold Coast Titans slash Penrith Panthers supporter. You doing anything in that? I just just one sec. Uh, <laughs> I just got to check over in the corner of the room because my uh, my lovely wife returned from uh, from Ireland during the week, and she's been very adamant that I've got to sit up at the back with that helmet on and make sure I get through <laughs> to stumps or at least tea. So there'll be no bet for me in the uh, the oh. NRL because oh. I think it's I think the line is exactly spot on and um, and I want to see you two fight it out to to build a bigger lead. But I will be happy to be involved in the racing if there's any uh, if Jared wants to go uh, two for one. I'm I'm very happy to take Jimmy's option there. Oh dear oh dear, I I could uh, could end up uh, dropping a lot. Uh, why not? It's only a Saturday. So and let's just clarify: it's whoever finishes in front of each other. Correct, and it's, and it's a two-to-one, two right? Yep. Yes. Two-to-one. Yep. Okay. All right. So I'm hey, carrying well, you well, too now, Tristan. You're carrying me too. So Ooh. at least that way, if, uh, if if Jared makes up two, then you you, you, you come down the, the totem pole with me. Well, uh, if we can hold their hand up and the Blue Diamond Stakes ends up the right way, I'll be about plus 15. Mm. It's an, there's another alternative to that. Uh, <laughs> I think that's yeah. the I think that's the bookmaker coming out in you, Tristan. <laughs> that's exactly right. Uh, looking to take out insurance shortly, but anyway. Uh, all right, gentlemen. Uh, good stuff. Enjoy your weekend. I know you will. Uh, the footy is back, so we'll be watching that with a great deal of interest. And remember, next week. A full 2024 NRL preview. Uh, In the meantime, boys, have a good one. Thanks, guys. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.